Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode is brought to you by HP. When you're working apart from your team, feeling connected can be a challenge. Presenting HP Presence, a more thoughtful, human collaboration technology. With enhanced audio and video features, you can experience more genuine collaboration and feel more connected. Be in the room, from any room, with HP Presence. Learn more at hp.com forward slash presence. What is up, everybody, and welcome into Studio de Hefri and every other studio that everyone else is in here. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh. I was going to say Jeff Cavanaugh from a certain place, but that's <laughs> only for so long now after today's announcement that next Friday will be my last day at 105.3 The Fan. Uh, and we will be onward and upward right here at YouTube.com slash Jeff Cavanaugh. So each and every Wednesday, you can find us do an NFL draft podcast right here. It's myself. It is the finest drafter, quite literally, of all time. Brian brought us one draft, four Pro Bowlers. And it is the current GOAT. He kind of uh, took over for Brian because Brian doesn't watch prospects all year, every year anymore. So now Dane is the GOAT. It's Dane Brugler from The Athletic. And I wish you both a good evening. How are we? I didn't tell you which one of you to talk first, so we'll see what happens. I didn't uh, I didn't see the news, so uh, congrats. That's awesome. That's That's exciting for you. Thank you. Yes, we are going to do whatever we want and build however we want, and I'm going to build it, and it is going to be effing awesome. So thanks to everybody who's going to be watching, and thanks to everybody who's going to be on the channel with me, like Dane and Brian here on uh, Plug and Play, an NFL Draft Broadcast. How are you, Brian? I'm doing great, Jeffrey. Again, yeah, I was uh, part of your news today, and as always, uh, I'm very proud of you. I'm happy for you. And I'm looking forward to coming along with this journey with you on your on your YouTube page. I, I think this is a, a tremendous idea. I think you got a lot of great people lined up. And I know Dane and I are both uh, super, super happy to be able to spend an hour with you every Wednesday and uh, talk about these prospects. Thank you for, to Taj for starting us off strong with just you're a badass. What a sweet, sweet man. Thank you, Taj. Okay, so today the content starter – is going to be, and Nathan, we will get to your question of David Ojabo being mocked to the Cowboys and you not loving it. We will absolutely get to that. But first thing I want to talk about is that Dane Brugler at The Athletic has come out with his updated top 100. And if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to realize that I'm going to have to figure out how to work this stuff with this new format. Uh, but whatever. Dane's top 100 have, has come out which means we just get to go through it and just point out everywhere where he screwed it up, which I think is always exciting. So, Dane, are you tear prepared to defend your top 100? I, I am. I, I'm prepared for you to tear it up and rip it to shreds. All right. Well, some people are probably interested in the very, very top. So, Aiden Hutchinson at Michigan. Icky Iquanu over Evan Neal at offensive tackle. Boy, we could just start there. Number two is Icky Iquanu, and number three is Evan Neal. Dane, how dare you? Yeah, well, you know, keeping you on your toes right off the bat. Um, yeah, I think if you're going with maybe the safer bet, Evan Neal, I, I think is probably the, the way to go. I just think with Icky, 
he's got some explosive, explosive ability that gives him the higher ceiling. So I'm going to bet on those on those traits every time. Yeah, I kind of I like what Dane's actually done here because I I went if you look at myself though too I went with Cross and then Iguanu and then Neil I I, I just I kind of feel like that I, I, I do I like what I like what Dane's done here because I think in this day and age though we talk about power players and all that Neil big guy no question you know these tackles have some size to them but I'm kind of going with the guys with a little bit more athletic ability. You know, I'm going with those guys that play on the edge that have a little bit of more, the little bit more foot quickness and stuff. I think the things with Neil are actually, you know, there's some some outstanding traits there. That's why people like him a lot. But I'm I'm going to guarantee you on some boards that the way Dane has it here right now is, is probably going to be the the right way. And I think just a lot of it has to do with the athletic ability of these of these tackles. Well, you guys are both wrong, obviously. So my order is Evan Neal, then Iquanu, then Cross, which means that we are three for three at having a different order. And then one of these days, we'll just decide who is right, who is wrong, and we'll probably have a fist fight, and it'll be incredible. I, I, yeah, I give credit to, to Brian for going the ballsy move and having Cross as his top tackle because that's uh, there's a lot of differing opinions on Cross around the league. Uh, I think the whole air raid offense coming from that leech scheme, there, there's some – uh, you know, some uh, not sure what to think of that. Is he another Andre Dillard? Uh, but you know, when you watch the movement patterns, the athleticism, I was really impressed with this hand exchange. I really technically sound. So I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I really like the what you're doing with those tackles. I, I think he's. It's not to me. It's not like a clear one, two, three. It's like three really good guys. You just have to figure out how they stack up for you. Thank you really quickly to our guy, Ralph. No, there's no party at my house. And thank you to Dylan, who loves and would die for you guys, which is very, very nice. And looky here, just for the Dane Brugler College Fund, which is something we Ooh. definitely appreciate. Yes, thank you. <laughs> straight, funneled straight to Dane. Okay, Dane, here we go. Here's my biggest problem with it. You ready? Mm. Yep, what do you got? Mm, 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 mm. Um, so I found my pet cat in the draft. It took me a while, but I found him. And his name is Sky Moore, and he plays yeah. wide receiver at Western Michigan. And yeah. you have him at number 79, which is respectable for a wide receiver from Western Michigan. And so maybe I am the crazy one who I'm going to have him, I believe, as a top five wide receiver in this class because I'm just Ooh. that wild ass. So tell me what you think about Sky Moore and why you hate him so much. <laughs> I, I like Sky Moore quite a bit. Um, I think he's a, a solid day two pick. Um I, I think he's not the biggest guy, uh, so size. He's not the biggest target, but he's got the quick reaction ball skills. So he'll reach behind him and catch a football. He'll catch outside of his frame. Uh, and for a guy that was a quarterback and corner, so quarterback on offense, cornerback on defense in high school, he made a pretty quick transition uh, to wide receiver in college and did a, did a really nice job. Not, I, I'm really interested to see what he what he runs at the combine. You know, see, I don't think he's going to be like a four-three, low four-fours type of guy. I, he's not a burner. That's not really his game. But at the same time, he creates these pockets of separation. Uh, you know, he's able to once he gets a step after the catch, he can take it the distance. So uh, there's a lot to like about him at the catch point. He's very reliable, dependable uh, finisher uh, at, at the catch point. And then you know, just to, he's a guy that with the toughness. That, that's what really stands out to me is his toughness. He can work the middle of the field. He can work underneath. I, to me, he's a solid NFL slot receiver, uh, has starting potential. So, uh, I mean, so if you have him as a top five receiver in this draft, do you think he's more than 
just a slot receiver? Do you th- am I limiting him uh, based off what I said? I do. I think he could play any receiver spot. I do. Do I think that I would leave him in the slot? I do. Um, but the issue is like some of the things that you just described, where it's not a huge guy, but he catches it easily outside the frame and the quick reactions with his hands. I think his feet are the same way, where it's getting off the line of scrimmage and it's creating separation. And I know their builds are different. Their size is different. Everything's different. But while I was watching, I was remembering Cooper Cup because I think that's how he moves in terms of, is he a burner? No. But he plays with like this forward lean and sort of a herky-jerky change direction at speed to get where he wants to go to. And after the catch, he's hell. And it's not like he's um, Kentucky's Wandale Robinson, right, where he's small, light, and like hyper-quick. It's just decisive movements and then hard as hell to tackle one-on-one. And it's kind of thick, so he's powerful. Um, So I know it's different height. It's different weight. It's different build. It's different everything. But watching him, I honestly thought of Cooper Cup. Like, play him in that role. And I think that he's going to be awesome. So, Brian, who's right? Well, I actually went because I was curious about, uh, you know, what – because on the draft show yesterday, you, you made a very good argument for the player. I think you painted an accurate picture of the player. Um, I was curious when I went back and watched, and I didn't see the I didn't see where you had a guy that was like the top two or three of the wide receivers. I really don't. I think he's going to be a slot only player. Another I don't hater. think he's going to have outside ability very much. Um, I I do see the initial quickness off the line. I see the toughness. I see the ability to get in and out of the routes and stuff like that. I like the way he catches the football. I just think at 5'9", you know, again, it's a very rare thing. You know, I think of a guy like way back in the draft of a Steve Smith, you know, when he came out of Utah, you know, he was able to kind of go to the outside and stuff like that. And maybe that's your your comparison, you know, with you're talking about a quickness, a guy that could go make plays down the field. I just think he's going to be limited on the outside. I think he's an outstanding slot player. I reached out to several scouts like I do because I had questions about, you know, I have questions about a shorter guy and this league has kind of turned into, you know, the shorter players are, they don't, they don't get just pushed down the board. I am not scared of short at all. I think that's a big part of the game now. Quickness and 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 evasiveness. and And you're right. And you're right. You're right. And, but Everybody that's that when I was asking about because I was asking about Marcus Jones, the, the the corner from Houston, and kind of got a vibe. And I said, okay, well, what about Sky Moore uh, from Western Michigan? And it was the same thing. It was good player, but everybody seemed to have him. In, like when you talk about that three slash four, maybe some more to to four than to actual three. So I kind of uh, I understand where Dane has got this player, and I think it's more conducive to maybe where you have this player. Well, well and just for transparency, whenever I do a, a board like this, I will share it with uh, you know some my buddies in the league and just get feedback. And I definitely now they can be I, way wrong too. They can oh, be yeah, way yeah. wrong. No, too. no question. But I my, where where I had Sky Moore was definitely higher than how any of them had him. Um, yeah. So uh, he's, I don't think he's really viewed as, he's more viewed, I think, with Brian Nailman, a three dash four. That's how the majority of, at least the, the feedback that I get, that I talk, the guys that I talk, that, that's how they see him. 
Well, that's really exciting for me because this is going to be a big W. I'm really excited. No, absolutely. Uh, I'm really yeah. excited about this win. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and I think Brian's right because when, especially when you watch him, how he's used at Western Michigan, uh, they really didn't give him a chance to tar- – he wasn't given many targets down the field. I think it's like 86% of his targets were within 15 yards of the line of scrimmage, something like that. So I think he's a little unproven as a downfield threat, and you know that's that's something that we don't get a chance to see. And it's not that he can't do it. It's just that he wasn't asked to do it. But uh, the toughness, the instincts that he shows, yeah, I'm willing to bet on him on, on day two. I think he's a good player. Okay, we'll keep working through Dane Brugler's top 100. This is Dane Brugler from The Athletic. Brian brought us from 105.3 The Fan. Um, we'll keep working through the top 100, and I'll try to sprinkle in when you guys send in the Super Chats. So, Coach B, I'm going to rephrase your question and not make it totally Cowboy-centric, but thank you for the Super. Uh, is there a center not named Linderbaum that is worthy of a first-round pick? Is there a center not named Linderbaum that is – uh, a high chance that he's a step in starter in the NFL. What does that position look like? Uh, so, where, what point in the draft are we talking uh, for center? Are we talking like second I don't, round, fourth I, round? I don't have a second round center myself. I, I don't personally. I, I don't either. I, I, I have. I got, Lin, I got Lindstrom. I got Lindstrom. Dane, you can talk about Lindstrom or or Parham or whoever. I know you maybe yeah. you put Parham from guard to center. But I have those guys kind of like third-round guys. I, I think, to me, I don't have a second-round center right now. I, I'm more in that third-round range with those two guys. Uh, who would you say, Parham and who? And Lindstrom from Boston College. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm not big on Lindstrom, but he is, I think he's a solid player. Um, I the, the guy that I hated leaving out of my top 100, Cole Strange from Chattanooga. Uh, okay. Senior Bowl. Yeah, senior bowl guy. I think thought he quitted himself very well. Uh, guard can play center. He looks like a guy that's going to be starting at some point early in his career, guard or center. So, and Cole Strange is a guy that somewhere probably third round, maybe goes to the fourth. Uh, you know, could be could be a steal at that point. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen the particular player you're talking about there. I thought it was interesting. Here's Lindstrom. He's another left-handed center. You know, and yeah. so. We saw that last year with the, with Creed Humphrey and stuff, but he's not the same size guy. But I, you know, I kind of felt like that, you know, that it, when you watch him for a guy that's only like 302, 303 pounds, whatever he is, you know, he gets movement in the running game. I, I, I was kind of impressed with him. He could, you know, the wide techniques and stuff like that. When we talk about the guys that play in that outside shoulder, the the three techniques you know, there were times where he was able to get his head across those guys as the ball was going to the outside. I was kind of impressed with his athletic ability and uh, and how he was able to do that and the help across the pocket. And, you know, Clemson really tried to, you know, they put a big nose over the top of him and, you know, he was able to handle that. And so I kind of, I kind of said, well, if you can handle a guy in your nose in, in a game, especially a game against Clemson, I think you got a chance to play in this league. All right, you guys ready for uh, one where you're going to have to have a good memory? This is from Preston, and I appreciate it. He said, which top three picks and why? Traylon Burks in the first, Christian Harris, linebacker Alabama in the second, safety Kirby Joseph in the third. Traylon Burks, wide receiver Arkansas, Christian Harris, linebacker, Kirby Joseph, safety. Kenyon Green in the first, Texas A&M offensive lineman. 
Jaquan Brisker, Penn State, who I really like, safety in the second round. Wide receiver George Pickens, Georgia, in the third round. Or Nicobe Dean in the first round. The Georgia linebacker, Darian Kennard in the second. Kentucky offensive lineman, I'm going to say guard, but played tackle. Yeah. Wide receiver, Sky Effin Moore. Which <laughs> one do you like the best? Burks, Harris, Joseph, Green, Brisker, Pickens, Dean, Kennard, Moore. Can you give me the first, the Burks, Harris one again? Who's the third Burks, guy? Burks, Harris, and Kirby Joseph, which okay. I think is going to finish in third place for me amongst these. Yeah. I, Kennard in the second, I think is probably about right. If you want to try his giant, super strong self at guard. And Kobe Dean would be great. And I love Sky Moore. So I'm just going to go with my guy, Sky Moore. Ooh, I love George Pickens too. Yeah. I know, I, Dane, you pick it. Yeah, Ryan, go ahead. you pick it. Uh, no, I. Wow. I, um, I'll go ahead and go. I'll go mine. I'll go yeah, mine. Go ahead. I'll go green brisker pickens for me, is what I will do. I I, I, I kind of feel like I I think you got I think you got a guy in the first round in green. I think you got a second rounder in the safety from Penn State with Brisker. I think you got a two-three on Pickens. So to me, if you look at the grades, the one that didn't, I love Dean as a player. I think Kennard and Moore, I could, I could kind of, you know, I don't know. I think I'd probably do a little bit better there. Burks, I love. Harris, I love. And Joseph, I, you know what? Maybe a little bit lower there. So the one to me that has the higher of the grades would be the Green Brisker Pickens combination would be the one for me. Is Amari Cooper on on this team? We don't know. This isn't a vacuum. This is for any team, Dane. We're not a Cowboys uh, conversation here. We're talking well, about any team. Well, okay, but that kind of matters for this scenario because uh, I, I uh, he's I not okay. Then I might lean. I might lean with the first one then, um, just because I, I I think I think that much of Burks. I think Traylon Burks yeah. is has number one potential in this league to be a true number one. Where so I'm getting a big time playmaker. Um, I'm getting a really good linebacker, and then who was the third one again? The third Joseph. One. Yeah, plug and play safety, free safety. So, I the allure of a potential number one at receiver has got me there. Um, but that number two is awfully appealing as well because uh, you're you're getting a really good offensive lineman. You can play up and down the line of scrimmage. Um, yeah, that that that's tough. But I think I would I would if I need a receiver, if that's one of my top needs on my team, I think I'd lead one just because I think that much of Traylon Burks. Well, Sky Moore's better than Traylon Burks, but I understand what you're saying. Um, oh, no. Do you really have him higher than Burks? No, I did not go that far. Okay. okay. I did not I did not go that far. I'm a big Sky Moore fan, and I have him as one of my second-round guys, and uh, I just need the world to know that I love him. I just want to be on record. Ralph, thank you. The Doing My Own Thing Fund. That's great. <laughs> T. Sears with the uh, shout-out to 105.3 with the Super Chat. I appreciate it. Uh, Clayton has a feeling that scene or Devonte Wyatt is our pick Georgia. Oh man. That's a, that's a lot of Georgia happening. And Bobby belt would just like me to say he's kind of thick again. Sky Moore is kind of thick Five ten, one ninety five 195 is what I saw him, yeah. uh, listed at. So, yeah. All right. Let's look at, let's take a look at Dane's top 100 again. And Dane, yeah. what do you think of, Kayvon Thibodeau, the Oregon edge, like the Todd McShay stuff where it's like, oh man, I don't know if he plays hard all the time and all those things. It like tape what you hear about him, where he's going to go. Cause I'd love it if he hated football and he was available at 24, but I have a feeling he's going in the top five. 
Yeah. Okay. How, I mean, how transparent do we want to be? Um, like it's, you can go you ahead. Got people that say you they got go, concerns you can about them. Do it. do it. Bucky did and killed Micah Parsons last year. One of these early shows, you know what I'm saying? You can just say yeah. you hear things about stuff. No, I mean, it's with, with Thibodeau, it's he's a, he's a good player. And I think, first of all, it's important to point out that Kayvon Thibodeau wasn't this consensus top guy. You know, like it, going back into the talk, I remember last summer talking to scouts, I thought he was overrated. Um, you know, they see a lot of some, some guys see like a Vic Beasley type of player. So, you know, a, a, a guy that's still worthy of, you know, first round consideration, but not someone that should be considered number one. Um, now the whole off field stuff and the, it, it's, he's so hyper-focused on his brand Uh-oh. and, you know, like that kind of, like, it, it just, it, it, it gives off a, a, a different vibe, you know, and that's the combine is going to be huge for him. You know, how, how does he vibe in those interviews? And, you know, when he's more concerned with, uh, his brand more so than, you know, the just you know, football centric things that he needs to be worried about uh, that teams want to want to hear him talk about. So, you know, it's, there's a lot of differing opinions out there on him. Um, you know, he's, he's got an ego and that's, you know, that's fine. There's plenty of superstars in the NFL out of egos. Um, it's just, this is a, this is a job interview process and it'll be very easy for him to turn off some teams. Um, does that mean he's going to fall? I don't think so. No, I mean, he's, he's going to be a top 10 pick. But it's, you know, it could be the difference in him going one or going six. You know, that that's certainly possible. Uh, we could see teams that uh, opt for the offensive lineman or opt for uh, Aiden Hutchinson or opt for one of these other guys uh, over Thibodeau if, if they kind of get a weird vibe from him. But, um, you know, he, he's a good player. I, I mean, I, I he's not Chase Young. He's not, uh, you know, of that level of prospect. But he's still a guy that you think is going to come in start from day one and give you uh, potentially double digit sacks every year. Let me ask you this. Could this be and correct me if I'm wrong. And sometimes I forget. Sometimes I get it right. Could this be a Jonathan Allen situation? Like we saw where we have him as a top five guy in the draft. And I know Allen might've had the shoulder issue and all that, but then all of a sudden he ends up at 17. Is, I'd be surprised. Is, I mean, it's that's a, it's such a fall, uh, fall for. But, but uh, we thought the same thing for Jonathan Allen. Remember, I mean, we're watching. Yeah, him but he's not an edge rusher. Edge rushers right. are a little different. Part of the issue with Allen was where do you play him? Is he an interior guy? Is he, you know, he's kind of a little bit of a tweener. Um, and I think that that was, a, and, and you mentioned the shoulder. I think those two were the issues. But I'm just talking about a. De- I'm talking about a defensive lineman where you kind of like you're. You're sitting there and you're thinking like, oh, this guy's up there and that, you know, he's a top five. We talked about him the whole time as a top four, top five, top three, top five, you know, we the whole draft. And the next thing you know, the the Washington football team or whoever, they hand in the, you know, handed a card at 17 on Jonathan Allen. You go, what the hell just happened? You know, because the whole the whole draft process we were talking about. A guy that maybe, oh, does he love football? Is he hurt? You know, what's the issue there? You know, kind of. A yeah, thing. I, would, I mean, I, I just think if you have elite pass rusher edge traits, to me, that's like I don't think there wasn't bigger Jonathan Allen fans than us, right? Like he's a right. kick-ass defensive lineman, stack and shed, raises hell. Yeah. But if you have a guy that people are going to view as double-digit sack potential early in their career on the edge. 
I just feel like that is so valuable that if you have questions about him, congrats. You get him at nine instead of three. Right. Yeah, I think the questions we're talking about are more going to be the difference between him going one and then going five or going six, more so than falling 15 spots on draft day. Um, you know, he's – and, I mean, if, if you watched uh, during the national championship game when he was talking about Alabama and talk like, I, you know, he's – He's a very confident guy, but the arrogance will rub some guys, rub some people the wrong way. And, you know, it's not an endearing thing. Um, but again, the NFL is not full of just these uh, humble superstars, you know, like it's it's okay for a guy to uh, be a little arrogant as long as he's backing it up on the field. And that's all teams are going to care about at the end of the day is what you do on the field. So uh, could he slip from pick two to pick six? Yeah, I think that's possible. I'd be surprised if he fell much further than that. Deion Sanders is not humble, and that's okay. <laughs> I will take it. Uh, John, thank you for the uh, super here. And the gist of it is if you had four picks instead of three because you had traded Amari Cooper and he got you a second-round pick and you end up with Kenyon Green, Jalen Tolbert, the South Alabama wide receiver, Chad Muma, and Kirby Joseph in the first three rounds, four picks, what are your thoughts? I don't even know how to begin to guess at Amari Cooper's trade value, um, but that haul sounds pretty good. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think the, I think the thing with with Cooper is if if somebody's not willing, and we we talked about this, I think we you know with we talked about if you can't if you trade him, maybe you use him as value to move up. You know, maybe you use him instead of instead of someone saying, you know what. Hey, we we're not we don't want to give you the pick, but we'll give you the we'll give you the spots. You know, maybe that's maybe that's the best way to attack this Amari Cooper thing. You know, if some because people you know some people list like I say we've seen teams that are they value picks. Some teams don't value picks, but I, I think that for the most part, teams are going to probably look at this draft and say, hey, I'd like to keep my pick in the second round if I could. So maybe you then use Amari to go up. That's kind of that's kind of how I would feel like if if I was, you know, if I was somebody that was interested in Amari Cooper, I'd say, listen, I don't want to give you a, a two, but how about if I how about if I let you come up and pick in my spot, you know, and, and and work it that way? I think that maybe you'd have more people that would be more interested in that than giving you a two. Justin, I appreciate you in the super chat. He just said thanks for the great work, guys, and that he's been following forever, which is lovely. And Maxwell, thank you as well. Who wants to know about if Donovan Wilson's there, potentially J. Ron Curse? If you wanted to draft a safety, would it be more coverage, or what would that safety look like? And I don't know. You guys tell me if you disagree, but I think the world of the NFL is changing, and in that changing world, you'd almost have to be a blend of those things. Like, I need you to be able to cover. I need you to be able to play a deep half if I ask you to. And I need you to be able to tackle. So, you know, if you find a guy like Malik Hooker, Malik Hooker doesn't just get to be a go stand in center field and see if you can find interceptions guy. You don't get to play that way anymore. Um, but, yeah, for the Cowboys right now where they are, I would imagine that coverage is going to be a priority yeah. because of what you have in that room right now. If, if that's the case for me, guys, again, and I, I've said this with you before, Jeff, on draft shows and on 105.3 when we worked together on that stuff, I, I really thought Dax Hill, when I first saw him play very, very, very early. Michigan. And I saw Dow, yeah, Michigan. And I thought, 
I go, this is Dallas's pick. In my, in my mind, I said, okay, if they if they get wiped out with all these safeties are gone, and, you know, I'm thinking, give me a guy that could cover, give me a guy that could play down, give me a guy that could tackle, give me, you know, give me an open field player. You know, that's kind of what I thought. I thought that Dan Quinn would look at Dax Hill at Michigan and say, wow, I could do a lot of things with this type of guy. You know, well, let, me, let, me, uh, let me ask you guys, who, who would be the better uh, pick uh, for the Cowboys at 24 uh, between two Michigan guys, Ojabo or Dax Hill? I think Dax Hill would be the better pick, me personally. I have more questions about Ojabo as an end because I look at him and I'm like, there's so much rawness to his game oh, yeah. that I would be really, really nervous. I think I could plug Dax Hill in right now and start and be just fine. I don't know if I could do that with a Jobo. I don't think I could. I I guess, and I'm just going to throw it right back at you because I think I would take Dax Hill too because I'm more confident about what he is. And with David Ojabo at Michigan, like Dax Hill is a guy that can play the slot. I believe he can play a deep half safety. Like I think he can play anywhere in your secondary and contribute and be a good player. And Ojabo has 11 sacks on his resume. And I know that there's different people who disagree about this. Some people I know are really, really high on him. I am one of those guys that I'm watching him and I'm like, man, if you go down in and down out, I see your physical traits and I see your physical upside. And as a pass rusher, that's valuable. But like, just for instance, I will take George Karloftis, the Purdue end who play in and play out. I'm like, okay, I see what you got. Whereas Ojabo, it's like when, when it pops, it pops Mm -hmm. and teams are going to be drawn to that. So where in your top 100 are we looking here, Dane? Do you have a preference on those guys? Uh, between, oh uh, yeah, Ojabo, yeah, because just the pass rush potentials through the roof. I mean, I and yeah, do you, he needs to get better as a run defender. There's no no doubt about that. But for a guy that's been playing football for five years and you know really didn't play much at, at in college, but before this season, as raw as he is and as little experience as he has. I was impressed by the the natural pass rush instincts that he showed. Like he's not just an athlete out there. I mean, he there was there's nuance to what he's doing with some of the you know the spin moves that he's doing and some of the setup that he's doing. So I'm very encouraged by that, and that's why I have him. I think 14th uh, on my top 100. 14th uh, and 23 for Hill. Yeah, and, and Dax Hill. I think he's he's just a, a yeah rock solid player who could do everything in the secondary. So. Uh, I mean, both these guys are first round picks and are, are going to be, I think, good pros. Me personally, I mean, I, if you want, if, if, if you see more value in the guy that's going to step in from day one and help your secondary, then I would certainly understand why you'd want to lean Dax Hill. If you're going for the better long term pick, I think it'd be Ojabo just because I think he's just scratching the surface of how good he can be as a pass rusher. Dane's just here to fight. He doesn't want to agree with Brian or I ever. That's what he's here hey, for. My top 100, I mean, I laid it out for you. I, there's, there's 10 picks between them. How about – um? How, well, let me ask you this. You got Walker at seven, right? Is six. 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 That's okay, the next one. Not, I, like, yeah. sell me. Sell me. Yeah, the thing – I mean, and I, I really, really do like the player. I don't – I mean, you're, you're, going, you're going in different air with me right now on that one. No, I don't. I trust me. I, I I'm very much uh, higher on him than pretty much everyone, and that's I'm He's fine your with Sky that. Moore. Yeah, he is. Uh, oh, you have Sky Moore six too. Oh, okay. That's, <laughs> yeah, six overall. Yeah, right in front of Linderbaum and Dean. Sky high. Uh, 
So with Walker, I just I another guy that's just just scratching the surface with what he could be. Like at, at Georgia, that scheme, they didn't let him let loose and, and rush the passer. I mean, he was playing a five technique. He's playing head up over the tackle. Uh, and I think that really helped t- develop him as a run defender. You see the length, you see the power. Give him a chance to line up outside and rush and get after the quarterback. And I think he could do it at a high level. And I've said this before, three years from now, get in our time machine. You tell me, uh, if you told me that Trevon Walker is the best defensive player from this draft, would not be surprised at all. I think he has that ability uh, if given the chance to be an edge rusher and show off that speed and that ability to drop in space, to get after the quarterback, to play the run. I, I don't know. I, I think all the traits are there for him to be an impact three-down player. Is there any chance then, Dane, and I've seen people mock him to Dallas at 24. I've seen people mock him later. So he's going to be one of those guys as he's coming down the board that you're going to, on, on draft night, the first round, you're going to keep talking about him as the best player on your board, aren't you? Yeah, I'd be I'd be surprised if it's out of the top, like, 16, 17 picks. I mean, okay. it, especially in this draft where we're not going to have quarterbacks fly off the board early. Maybe we have some, you know, wide receivers go and some corners go. But defensive linemen with his traits, I, they don't last very long, especially in this draft. It's just not a strong – it's not a top-heavy draft. So I would be shocked if Trevon Walker falls out of the first – the top half of round one, you know, you look at the the Browns sitting there at like what 13 and the Ravens at 14. And a a lot of those teams could use an impact defensive lineman like him. Clayton wanted to know if the Eagles would trade a first round pick to the Cowboys. And I'll just say they traded first round picks last year. Why not have a good time? Uh, Congrats from Kings of the King of the Axiom. Thank you very much. Avery wanted to know which top tier player do you think could fall and man, when you're looking at top players who are falling, Stigler. I would say you look at position as a big part of it, right? Yeah. Where like it ain't gonna be an edge rusher, I wouldn't think. Well, it could it, it, be, Lind- be a- it could be Linderbaum. It could it be could my be- guy Tyler Linderbaum. It could it be could my be center. Yeah. I mean, we've it already be- determined. We've already determined that, and I, I think Dane had him at 17, if I'm not mistaken. You know, yeah. we've already determined. Like last week, we were talking about the gap. You know, like. He, he might not be for everybody. I mean, that 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 is going to be one of those things where if Linderbaum's picked at 24, 25, 28, 30, everybody's going to go, wow, what a pick. What a great pick. What a great pick. You know, and that's, you know, that's that's cool. Now, Dane, let me ask you a question. I asked this question on the draft show yesterday or, yeah, yesterday. Okay. Linderbaum has always been like 292 pounds. Am I right about that? Correct. Okay, he plays in the Big Ten. He they have a major weight program. Do you worry about him not putting on weight all his time at Iowa? Is yeah. that a, is that a legitimate concern? Right, I think he's tapped out. I mean, he I don't think he's getting much bigger than he is right now. That's just that's who he is, and, and that's 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 part. That's why we're talking about Linderbaum potentially being there in the mid twenties, maybe into the thirties, because. When you look at it, say you're doing a mock draft and you're trying to figure out where to put Linderbaum. First of all, he's a center only. Okay, so we're not talking about Kenyon Green or one of these that you know that can play guard or center. Zion Johnson, those guys. So center only. So we're looking for a team that only needs a center, and then eliminate teams that aren't running outside zone. 
you know, because that, that's that's what he is. So you're eliminating all those teams as well. So all of a sudden you're down to like three or four teams where he could potentially be a threat, uh, uh, potentially be a pick there. So, I, I mean, it's I think it's possible we see a free fall just because of he's only going to fit so many spots. Um, and that's and that's if everyone's on board with taking a center that early. Uh, you know, he's he's very similar to, you know, Garrett Bradbury. There's a lot of parallels there. And Bradbury has not worked out. So it's not like this is a guarantee guy that's going to hit. There, there's some, you know, a little bit of uh, maybe some concern there because of his size, because uh, he can't – he's an outstanding run blocker. Pass pro – there's some, there's some cracks in the foundation a little bit. There, there's He's not a perfect pass protector. So, you know, with Linderbaum, a really, really good player could absolutely end up to be one of the top 10 players in this class. But would it not a shock if he falls out of the top 23 picks? Juan wants to know if you're crazy, if you want to go best corner available and just is happy to be here to support. Love you, brother. Um, I think that actually fits in with a guy who could be a faller, right? Isn't Derek Stingley potentially based on like, I think he's number 10 or 11 or 12, maybe 12 on your uh, top 100, Dane, where Derek Stingley, if he blows you away in an interview and you love his tape, like everybody's going to love his tape. Yeah. Derek Stingley could be a top 10 pick easily. But could there be teams that, whether it's medical or interview with your questions about, you know, how hurt were you? What's going on with not playing very much since your freshman yeah. year? I think he's kind of a wild card. Yeah, and during the interview process, if I'm a team, I'm challenging him. I'm saying, you know, hey, why'd you quit on your team? And I want to I see the fire. I want to see, okay, you tell me. You know, you had this amazing freshman season, and then, you know, you're banged up a little bit and this and that. Okay. Sell me, you know. Tell me why uh, I, I should be drafting you top ten, you know, like your talent suggests. But are you know? Do you have the competitive toughness? Do you have the durability? Can we rely on you? So there, there's a lot of things with Stingley that need to be figured out at the combine. Um, and uh, yeah. I, I, it, how, he, if he tests how he's capable of, uh, people are gonna all of a sudden get right back on that bandwagon and say, okay, yeah, maybe he will go top five. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, here I am, the LSU alum, and, you know, and the national championship season, he was outstanding. I mean, you, there's no question about that. When things got a little dicey, he wasn't very interested in sticking around and trying to play. I mean, he yeah. was, he got nicked up, he got hurt. And you talk about quitting on your team and stuff like that. They went from national champion to a lot of problems, a five and five team. And then last year, you know, they had to struggle to get, you know, six and six to even get in a, you know, he really wasn't interested in being on a five and five team or a six and six team. And I know he got banged up and stuff, but he, he, he's got a little front runner to him. He really does. And so, you know, those are the questions I agree with Dane. I challenge him. I really, really do. I want to see if he's, if he gives me a good explanation. I'm really concerned about though, with the doctors and what they say about him. Because he's gotten season-ending injuries the last couple of times, but it wasn't like he was really interested in coming back. You know, it was like, ah, you know, I see where this is going. And, you know, I, I, I that's why, like, Gardner, I, I, I have Gardner over him from Cincinnati. I, I watch Gardner play, and I he's tough. He covers. He tackles. He, he gets out. I mean, he gets after you. And I would feel more comfortable of having him than I would Stingley as my as my starter at that particular point. Matthew, we are drinking water and uh, cherry Pepsi at the moment. 
and prospect, my homie, he uh, he knows a lot about the Vikings, and he says they're not happy with Gar- uh, Garrett Bradbury, which I think we kind of already went Dane over. Said that, yeah, sure. Did. So that's uh, that's covered. And uh, Tyler Linderbaum's amazing. He's a fit in Dallas. Just let him get to twenty four; it'll be great. Nathan, is there a Taco two player in this draft? Dane, with your edge guys in your top one hundred. As you go down that list, and let me see if I can just name a few of the top ones. Obviously, it is Aiden Hutchinson is number one overall for you. Kayvon Thibodeau at Oregon is number four. Trayvon Walker is number six at Georgia. Uh, 14 is David Ojabo at Michigan. Jermaine Johnson's at 15 at Florida State. Uh, Let me go a couple more. Karloftis is 21 at Purdue. And give me one more edge. Logan Hall at 33 out of Houston and Arnold Ebikity at Penn State. Epic is there – I don't want to make it just a taco question because I feel like taco was even on tape. Like he was a run player who fell into some sacks and didn't really have the the twitch or athleticism you're looking for in a pass rusher. Is there a guy amongst that group that you feel like is the least safe or comes with a good amount of risk? Uh, probably Logan Hall, um, because he was a interior player, mostly at Houston. Um, but you know, he's, I think he's best at like 275, just, you know, a hair under 280, uh, give him a little bit of that runway, let him use that length to his advantage. He's got the quickness. So I, I like him best on the edges, but it's a projection. Uh, he's still a young player, uh, really should have redshirted at Houston, but they needed him out on the field. Um, and uh, I, you're betting on the traits with him, and, and I think that he's going to develop into a really good player, but there's a projection there, and I think that's where, if you're drafting him at, I think I have him at, like, what, 32 or something like that, if you're drafting him that early, um, you know, it's you're, you're going to say a little bit of a prayer when you make that pick. I'll tell you a player that I kind of felt like had some taco tendencies when I watched him play, and I didn't get a great, I don't feel like I got a great feel on him, but maybe good enough feel is this Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. I, I well, kind of saw a guy. He went yeah, back I, to school. Yeah, so. I, I saw a guy. What's that? You went back? He, yeah, he went back. Okay, well, I, 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 I did him really, really early. So, okay, yeah. good. I, I thought he was coming out. I know, Dane, on the top 50 you had early, you sent me that yeah. he was possibly coming out. So, okay, I didn't circle back then. But if you want to watch somebody that, okay, I'm glad I, I know that now because – now, he made the right call, I thought, and went back to school. But, yeah, you got a head start on him for next year. Yeah, well, I, I I tell you what, though. Again, you talk about somebody that's got an initial burst but really lacks that true edge speed. That, yeah. that kid's that guy. So, okay. Well, and, he- edge rusher this year, I, I think my top 100, I think it is gives you a good idea of where the strengths are in this draft. By far, the most uh, well-represented position was edge rusher. I had 17 pass rushers in the top 100 and that's i think it really speaks to the depth of this group uh we, we you just went through the first round guys but you know we can go second round third round it, it's a really really talented group maxwell has what i think is a great question because i think a lot of people going into this season saw demarvin leal at texas a&m the defensive lineman as a guy who was being mocked as like a top 10 player so when i turned on the tape i gotta be honest i was expecting a dominant player and i didn't see that so thoughts on DeMarvin Leal, who, look, is he strong? Yeah. Is he athletic? Yeah. Does it show up all the time in football production? No. So 
what do you do with that in your top 100 and where you think that he will be picked? Yeah, I, 51. I, you got I, 51. Yeah, I struggle with him because, uh, you know, I think uh, talent's not really a question. He's He's got really impressive body control uh, and fluidity for a 290-pounder. Um, but where is he playing? Is he going to be – are you putting him on the edge? Is he a three technique? Um, I, I don't know. I, I struggle with him because I, I think he, you do see flashes of burst. Uh, you do see him move, and you're like, oh, wow, that, that's that's how like a 240-pounder uh, should move. But at the same time, you don't see the same type of power uh, that you want to see from him. You don't you don't see consistent pad level. You don't see hand technique. Um, so I think it's, it's more flash than anything else. And so no question about his just natural gifts. He has it. Uh, but you know, strength potential, uh, we're just talking about upside with him. I, where, where are you playing him? Are you playing him inside? You playing him outside? You play it inside. He doesn't, inside. to me, to me, the problem is with him is I don't see him have that speed that again, we were talking about to really turn the corner as a, as an edge no. rusher. I just don't, I, I think I, I agree with you about the power. I would like to see him play with a little bit more knee bend because he gets a little tall. And then the blockers get underneath him, and then he has to fight with his power to try and get off the blockers because he's already too high. But, you know, I mean, to me, I I love the power and what we talk about with the versatility. I I think he's a better tackle. I just don't – I don't think he can play – I don't think he can play in. I I, I wouldn't try him there because if you put him out there and say, okay, go rush the passer – I don't think he has that quickness to get around the corner and and, and make that happen. Well, that's on tape. I watched yeah. Marvin Leal play the edge against Mississippi State, and that was easy money for Charles Cross. Yeah, Charles Cross yeah. did not have a rough time blocking Demarvin Leal on what I was watching. Yeah. Um, we have a Cowboys tw- uh, trade question from Oswaldo. He's really trying to get the Jets number thirty-four and thirty-eight. Amari and our second for Mims and thirty-four and thirty-eight. Who says no? They do. It's just my guess. I have no idea what Amari Cooper's trade value is. I have no idea. $22 million player well, that yeah. is a good player, but banged up sometimes. And like uh, the Raiders had questions about him, and the Cowboys see, were here, and they may be, he may be a cap casualty. I don't know what that yeah. value is. I have no idea. See, that's where I feel like that kind of like that he's the value to him is to move, to make it, to make the moves. I don't think somebody wants to put a value on him as far is he worth moving up for spots if you trade him to the jets absolutely i mean and these mock drafts the first receiver that's mocked is always wilson and it's always at 10 to the jets if you told them hey we'll give you we'll give you our pick at 24 let us move up to 10 us being the cowboys you know you've got an established receiver you can maybe grab another skilled guy if you want at 24 you know, to try and help things. But I maybe people don't want to put a value on Amari Cooper, but I would use him as, again, as a as a ability to try and go up in a round. That's where I think he would help you the most. All right, time for Jeff to make some money. Thank you, Grant. You're a monster. I love you. Uh, thank you to Dallas. You're a beast. I love you. Team Jeff, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, Jeff, is Sky Moore your Darius Washington? Damn right he is. Get out of here with that nonsense about not loving my guys. Always be scared some from taking a D-end after passing on TJ for Taco, but what are the odds the Cowboys take a D-end like Walker and let Gregory go? 
Randy Gregory is going to be priority one this offseason. I don't see any way that he is not a Dallas Cowboy. He's going to be priority one, even if it costs you um, another player on your roster that they would like to keep. I think Randy Gregory is going to be priority one. We ain't going to have to worry about that. Yeah, I would I mean, also, I would also like to share with the people real quick, Brian. Yeah, sponsorship came through. Hey, sponsorship came through. If you like prop bets and putting things down on games and making life interesting. Go to BetUS and use the promo code Jeff125. That gets you a 125% bonus when you sign up. Jeff125 at BetUS. Let's go. We're in the building. (laughs) But we're only in the building if people sign up. So if not, that's cool too. But it would be much cooler if you did, if you're into that sort of thing. Jeffrey Fisher wants to know who are the long-armed safeties in the mid-rounds. I guess that's a Dan Quinn thing. You got arm measurements. How long are Kirby Joseph's arms? He's over 33. He's that, that's the one thing with Kirby is like he doesn't like he, just looking at him, he doesn't look like the biggest guy. He's only about 200 pounds, but he's got over 33 inch arms. So he's a really long player. Um, besides him, uh, the Toledo safety, Tyson Anderson's over 33. That's that might be about it uh, in terms of the, the really super long safeties. Hey, Dane, can I ask you about a corner, please? What do you got? Yes. Can I ask you about Martin Emer- uh, Martin Emerson from Mississippi State? It's one of your guys. Okay. Right. I, yeah, he Is was your one sky of my guys. More? Did we talk? Do we talk about him last time? I'm sorry. Do we? Well, I you mentioned, mentioned him. You, you liked him. Yeah, I, I think okay. he's a, I, okay. Okay. Number I, I, eighty-seven for Dane. Number eighty-seven. Okay. okay. I, I, I had a third-round grade on him. Am I, okay. am I too low? Too low on him? No, I think you're fine. I had him in the third round myself. I was just thinking okay. about. I was just thinking about long, long-armed, long-bodied corners yeah. that were playing press coverage and stuff. Because you got the really good – the guys like the Elams, McDuffies, uh, the Booths. I was trying to kind of figure out a group about the Emerson, uh, Gordon, Kendrick. I was kind of kind of figuring out that group. But I, I got – like I said, I got Emerson there in the third round, so I'm glad you confirmed that one for me. Have you looked at the uh, UTSA kid? Woolen. Yeah, and, and, and I'll tell you what, uh, that's so Woolen is what yeah. it is. Tariq, Woolen? Woolen. Yeah, talk yeah, about I, length. He's got yeah, length for I, days. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I had him in that round below with like with Britt Taylor, you know, from yeah. Nebraska. Yep. And then Woolen, I, that was kind of like a fourth round thing for me. I also had Marcus Jones, even though I've had all these scouts tell me the Marcus Jones kid from Houston. His tape is really, really fun. He's an outstanding returner. I am not going to sit there and shove him down in that fifth round like all these scouts. I, I think bring me all your tinies. Yeah, I bring think him. he's got. Well, if you're talking about Sky Moore playing, Marcus Jones, Marcus Jones could play for somebody. I'm just he telling is, you, that. he is so yeah. twitchy. Uh, I mean, yeah. he's yeah. he's going to be a starting nickel in this league and be an impact return guy. And there's going to be exactly. a lot of teams saying, "Hey, yeah, yeah we sh- we shouldn't have passed on him in the second yeah. or third round." Absolutely, absolutely. Soto man, with the combine coming up, how do you suggest regrading players? Do you predict any changes to your top 100 based on athleticism concerns or questions? How much can you move a guy based on a combine? I think you can move a guy on on a, a combine really on medical. I, I, I I'm just going to be real honest. I've been trapped too many times now since I've been in the media side of things of doing this that I have a player at a certain level and then you don't catch the medical. So 
to me, if somebody tells me, like, for example, has got a heart condition, uh, spine problem, neck problem, shoulder problem and stuff like that. I think that the film is what it is. Keep them where you want with the film. But if somebody says the medical is really a wreck on this guy, I'm dropping him around. I'm just not going to sit there and watch the draft. And we all start to do this and go, oh, well, who's your best player? And it's some guy you have in the second round and you're there in the fifth round and you didn't know the guy had a bad toe or something yeah. like that. You know, I think well, if, you, if you get the information, move the guy down for in my in my case. And the combine's not supposed to be, oh, we ran a 4-3. Okay, he's moving right. up 10 spots a month. No, that's, that's right. not really We're verifying, it baby. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a it's a cross-checking exercise. If someone tests wildly different than you expect, then go back to the tape and figure it out. Maybe you watch the games where he had a bad hamstring. Maybe, uh, you know, there, there's all the all, – it's all so much context that's evolved when, you, when you're scouting these players. And the combine, it, it helps check your work. That, that's what it does. And so, yeah, there, there's plenty that we can learn from the combine. But I, I, if I had a guess, I would say my top 100, probably somewhere between 80 and 90%. Those are the names that are going to be on my final top 100. But there's, there, I'm sure there'll be a little bit of fluctuation as we go through the rest of the process. All right. Dallas just wants Brian to start his own YouTube channel. Chill out, Dallas. Just hang out no, here. Man. I'll tell you what, I, I to be uh, thank you very much, but I am really, really super happy to be working with these two guys. I mean, I really I I look forward to it. I love the draft shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays with Jeff. But this to me, man, this these are my guys right here. You know, I really, really do appreciate getting to do this. D Mitch wanted to thank me for my what energizes you talk today when it was I good. It was announced good. that I was not going to be at the station anymore and that I'm following my energy and you are welcome. And everybody here's had to do that at some point. Like sure. Dane had to make a big leap and move a family. And like at some point you just got to do what you think is going to give you the best chance to be happy or whatever your goal is at the moment. So don't be afraid. The I can't see it. The Roker Rich. He just wants to know about kickers. Uh, Dane, have you ever scouted a kicker? Because I don't scout kickers. Um, just assume that if they made all their kicks in college, they're all right. Hey, Evan McPherson was my number one kicker in last year's draft. So uh, we, we, get, we get lucky once in a while. Um, I what do you what do you think about Cade York, the LSU kicker? Is he is he the top kicker this year, Brian? Yeah, I tell you what, I, I love. I mean, Jeff would Jeff would say, "Why are you asking all these questions?" You know, that's what's all the questions. Yeah, what's I all the questions? <laughs> no, I, you know what? I haven't seen every kicker in the country. I just know that when it came down to making some really, really big kicks, I go back to the Florida game last year with, you know, with Cade York and stuff yeah. and what he was able to do. The guy is consistent. He doesn't seem to be rattled. Uh, the kickoffs, everything about him is really, really good. I, I could see, yeah, here's another SEC kicker. Uh, he's an older guy. Absolutely. I think somebody will give him a, give him a shot. Uh, I think there are three kickers that keep on the radar. York, uh, Dicker the kicker uh, from Texas, and then the Oklahoma kid. I think those three guys are worth keeping on the radar. James wants to know which O-lineman has the best hands to help out our receiving core. Um, No one knows. Um, I'd love to use Evan Neal in the red zone. He moves pretty well. well. Hey, well, what about the tight end? What about the converted tight end? Uh, Raymond. Raymond. Yeah, what about him? I think you'd probably have to say he's probably got – well, he might not have very good hands, but at least he's a converted tight end, right? Oh, he was a wide receiver in Austria. Yeah. That's how, that's how he came up. That's how he learned the game. So, yeah, yeah. He, he'll he tell you he's got good hands. Yeah, there you go. I want to thank B.A. for his contribution and support this evening, and I love you. You're the best. 
And I want to thank everybody for their support this evening and for being here and enjoying Plug and Play, an NFL draft podcast featuring myself, former draft man and scout and personnel man Brian Broaddus, and the great Dane Brugler from The Athletic. Do you guys have anything else you'd like to share before we end this one? Well, I appreciate you guys taking it easy on my top 100. Uh, you didn't shred it too much, so uh, I do appreciate that. Um, we didn't get into quarterbacks, which is probably good for everybody's uh, blood pressure. Well, and I'll be honest, I thought there were so many more things we could get into, including like some of the wide receiver rankings and the defensive tackle yeah. rankings. And the good news is there are more dates on the calendar. So I thought, you know what? Top 100s hold up pretty well, and there will be a Wednesday next week unless Kyle Shanahan's sure. right. We have no idea if we'll be here tomorrow. You know, that could be bad. This but I'm true. anticipating being here next Wednesday, if you guys are good with that. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to be here too, Jeffrey. Let's do it. Let me find my promo code one more time at BetUS. Jeff125. Jeff125 is a promo code for 125 We're gambling. We're gambling show now. Hey, that's where the dollars are, baby. 125% bonus on sports. Jeff125 at BetUS. Get on it, baby. Um, and in other news, thank you. I love you all. And remember, you have no idea what anybody is going Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.